0: Daily with Jason right Here it is a Monday, September 6th edition, Labor Day edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertidis as we inch closer and closer to rookie camp coming up uh, in just about 11 days and training camp right around the corner. A lot of players in town saw photos of Rasmus Ristolainen at the Flyers practice facility, sporting a nice Sherwood stick and working out uh, with his future, well, no, I guess current teammates. As they uh, prepare for training camp, guys trickling into town and getting those skates going over at the skate zone. Good to see. Means hockey's right around the corner, which is great. Development camp in the rear view. And on this episode, we're going to speak with Flyers development coach, player development coach, Nick Schultz. Now, Nick played 1,069 regular season NHL games, had a long career. Ended it here in Philadelphia, decided to make Philadelphia his home, uh, raising kids here, playing youth hockey as well, and other sports for his daughters. Talk about that and much more. And he is a guy with a lot of knowledge that can bestow upon young developing, potentially, NHL players. And he joins us now on Flyers Daily. Nick, how you doing?
1: Good, good. Yourself? Thanks for having me on.
0: I- I'm doing really well. How's it been adjusting to uh, post-playing career? Uh, you know playing all those years with the rigidity of the NHL and you know the off seasons even the training and everything then you get into the season and so much of your life is determined on where to be and when to be there <laughs> what's it been like adjusting?
1: Uh, it's been good yeah I had a couple of years uh, when I was first on that I didn't do anything and just I've been coaching my son's hockey team and, and doing that kind of filled the void a little bit of of not playing and now get involved in in player development it's been it's been fun so it's kind of keeps you keeps you busy and it's uh it's a fun job working with these young players and helping them uh realize their dream and and get them the nhl and ultimately help the help the flyers um you know each and every year to add some of these young guys now in a salary cap world it's important to develop players and make sure these guys can step in and be you know impact players when they when they get to the nhl level
0: what was it that made you to decide to stay in the philadelphia area
1: yeah kind of always the plan was to head back out west where we were uh from uh and kind of move back but just uh we loved where we are here and um in in new jersey or whatever in haddonfield it's a it's a great great town great place to live and lots of uh, ex-flyers kind of have stuck around here and, and made this home and it's just uh it's a special special place and my kids uh enjoyed it here we loved uh love living here and, and being in the area and everything that it uh, it had to offer and we still kind of trek back out west in the in the summer and a little bit in around christmas time but uh for the most part this is this is home for us now we just family enjoyed it kids kids loved it here and it's uh it's nice to stay near area.
0: yeah if it, if it works it just makes sense and the winters aren't quite as harsh here as they are back in Saskatchewan
1: yeah exactly that's that's nice too so I have uh you know what my son is, is 14 two girls that are 12 and 10 so they're into the field lacrosse which is big here and soccer and a lot of these sports uh you know you get a little bit more of a fall season and spring season so it's nice to get not quite the harsh winters and then get a little more uh four seasons here so we we enjoy that and it's uh it's a fun place to be
0: do you say down the shore now we're going down the shore yeah exactly for sure
1: yeah yeah no it's fun I, like I said there's there's so much to offer here uh like you said with the shore and and into the city and the philly and new york city lots lots around here lots to lots to do or whatever and um you know we really enjoyed our enjoyed our time here and our kids kids like it and are comfortable here so
0: let me ask you about one a moment in your career because you got to one of those seminal moments of a thousand games. You did it as a flyer. You played a thousand sixty nine regular season games in your career in total. Getting to that thousand game mark is a big one. And it, it means a lot because it, it maybe takes you back as, you know, a player back to all the sacrifice when you were a kid, you know, playing peewee and getting shuttled around by your parents. And it takes a village to raise a hockey player. When you got to that thousand game mark, what did it mean to you? Can you recall that?
1: Yeah, it was pretty special. Like you said, it was it's something where you have all those people come in, had you know family and friends come in to kind of be here and, like you said, just to to thank them and everyone along along the way to help you get to that that point, right? So it's a uh, it's a special special woman and pretty fortunate to to play that long in the NHL. A lot has to go your way, uh, injury wise and and different things that a lot of luck factors into it, but also taking care of your body and doing the right things, uh, training off off ice and and eating properly, sleeping, all that stuff kind of factors in being a being a pro and taking care of yourself and just, you know, coaching along the way too is a, a big part of that, teaching you how to play the game the, the right way. So you can, you can play that long and, and be a, uh, effective. So it was uh, it was a special moment. Nice to have some, some people in to, to celebrate that and, and do it in a Flyers uniform.
0: Yeah, you're seeing it from the dad's side now too, with your kids playing it, not only hockey, but other sports as well. It, it's, it's so much sacrifice that is made for, for people to, to go through all of this and, and, you know, get a lot from it and you've gotten a lot from it and now you're into the player development side when did you know that you kind of wanted to go in that direction was it later in your career you is it i want to i want to stay excuse me i want to stay in the game
1: yeah i think most guys when they're done it's it's an adjustment and it's hard to uh, to find that and, and what you're going to do kind of moving uh moving forward so i think it kind of worked out and that's kind of why teams have created this i know myself once i was drafted there was no kind of player development staffs with teams and they've kind of Developed that and got uh, a lot of ex-players involved in that in that role to help these guys. Just from our experiences, um, you know, growing up and coming through the different levels and, and what it takes to make it, and and just helping these guys in every facet of their game uh, on the ice and then off the ice too. All that stuff I talked about being a being a pro, taking care of yourself, your body, eating properly, sleeping. All this stuff kind of factors in. So um, ultimately, that's our that's our goal, and it's fun. We got a we got a job to do to to work with these kids and. Each individual guy, what they need and, and help them. It's uh, it's really a rewarding position and something that's uh, that's fun for an ex-player to be be involved with.
0: Way back in two thousand, your last year in the WHL, you know the players that you played with and came through with before making the jump to pro. What's the difference in the players now that are coming, you know, making that jump from you know either major junior or collegiate ranks or overseas uh, that you see different now than twenty one years ago when when you made that jump.
1: Uh, I think the kids are just a little more dialed in there's there's more um, more training now. Um, they're doing more on the ice. there's more skill work. there's there's kind of more dedication to that. I know myself when I went in junior hockey it was probably the first first year I started lifting weights or doing anything like that. Obviously that's evolved every year how how people train and how they are and coming in. I think it's everyone's in in great shape and and doing the right things in the in the off season. they come in they're they're ready to go on these these young kids are coming in and they're men when they come in. So they are a lot of them, some needs, uh, need a little more time, a little more seasoning if it's in junior college or, or in the American league, but a lot of them, you know, are coming in and competing for, for spots. So it's uh, and like I said, it's a competitive business in a salary cap world. It's a lot of these young guys got to come in and step in and, and play and, and be effective on on the teams at the NHL level.
0: You know, it's interesting. So many of the kids now, they, they choose a singular sport way earlier than than probably when you were coming up and certainly when I was coming up uh, way back when I'm older than you significantly, but um, you know, do, do you see that more? And, you know, are you a proponent of kids playing more sports and, you know, for those transferable skills, whether it be tracking like in baseball or, you know, just having those other, other skill sets that can lend themselves to hockey.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think a lot of it. And even, even now we see it, we want to see if the kid's athletic, right. We want to see when they come in. Um, if they're athletic, and a lot of that comes with with playing other sports and doing that uh, uh, as you come along. So I think it's great uh, to have that, and and through the different seasons when hockey done is finished, to do something else. If it's the cross, if it's baseball, whatever whatever the sport is, go and play golf. I think it's good to get your mind away from the the game a bit, and obviously the the training is is part of that in the in the off season for these kids, but definitely kids are doing it a lot a lot earlier and I it's you know a little alarming with some of the injuries and just if you're just kind of constantly doing that skating motion you know, there seems like there's more and more issues with kids hips and, and different things like that just always on the ice skating and and maybe not on a but not riding a bike not out running doing doing different athletic uh things so I think there's there's probably goes a little bit both ways but like you said they come in at a young age and they're they're exceptional players and talent probably from the time that they've put in kind of specializing in in areas but i think it gets to a certain point where maybe you have to do it but what that age is is, is probably always up for debate trying to figure out you know when you kind of dial in on on one sport but but definitely as as a young person coming up and and coming through adolescence i think it's it's good until you fully develop and mature that you're you're doing multiple sports
0: yeah i totally agree with you let me ask you about just the ab- absolute raw skill that some of these guys come with. I think they sit in their garages and watch YouTube videos of guys doing crazy stuff with, you know, stick handling and and puck control. And then they get out there on the ice and they work on it and practice. It it is insane. The level of skill that, you know, the young players and the guys you worked with this past weekend development camp that they come in already having it's insane what they're able to do with the puck.
1: Yeah. Like you mentioned development camp, we talked about it just, you know, back, 20 years ago, whatever it was, 10, 15 years ago, it's, it's the skill level just keeps increasing. And like you said, it's all these guys putting in that extra time with their skating coaches, skills coaches, you know, working with development staffs, all these guys that are, are working on uh, these different skills and these kids are, are high end and they can, they can do it at a high speed, which is, which makes even that much more effective but it's uh it's very impressive and they can definitely that's a lot of a lot of work right you got to put in a lot of hours like you said in the garage working on on that stuff working on your shot working on all these things uh, there's lots of kids that want to want to get there and get to that next level so you definitely have to be have to be dialed in and then it comes down to if you're going to go out and compete and, and play hard once you have that skill set and how you're going to kind of put it all together on the rink
0: the biggest thing, though, still is hockey. You can have all that skill, and it doesn't matter if you don't know where to go on the ice, what to do without the puck, what to do with the puck. Uh, it still comes back to, like, it's an old-school mentality of hockey IQ and knowing where to be because coaches aren't going to put you on the ice in situations where they can't trust you. you got to play with structure still, don't you?
1: Yeah, exactly. Hockey's, you know, always moving other than the face-off. It's, it's always – the every play is different, and everything throughout the game is, is different – different situations. So you got to be able to read and react. And like you said, a lot of that is, is hockey IQ and being able to think out there, regardless how good your hands are, or your shot, if you can't get to the right spots to, to get that shot off or, or, you know, protect the puck in the corner and compete and, and battle down in, in one-on-one areas or on 50, 50 pucks, it's uh, it's not going to work out well. So I think, like you said, they work on all that stuff, but when it gets out there, you got to have that edge, you got to have that competitiveness to go out and, and play and, and work in those areas and let your skills take over. Uh, you know when you're out there working on the ice
0: let me ask you about a few guys Um, Tyson Forster in the development camp three-on-three tournament uh, really played well five goals he had the game winner and one to advance to the finals on a just a bomb right along the ice and that's just a nightmare for a goalie and he's a kid that got to play in the AHL last year because his OHL team didn't have a season looks like he probably get to go back to the AHL again this year because of the you know the rule. If he played twenty last year, he will be able to go back. But talk about the development you've seen out of him. I think uh, that that you guys have to be very pleased with where he is already, uh, based on maybe where you thought he was going to be at this time when you drafted him.
1: Yeah, it was it was a little strange with the draft. Obviously, not having those kids in right away after they got drafted, Tyson and and Wiz and those guys that end up getting a chance to to come to the American League last year. So when they came into the American League, it was it was good to to have them there, and even if it was a shorter shorter season get a chance to, to work with those guys but Tyson is yeah he's a special player and if you watch him out there you watch him scoring those goals he he loves the game and he's he's someone you talk about hockey sense and knowing where to be uh he's got that in his in his game he's a very very smart player uh and he works extremely hard he's he's really competitive he works at his craft and practice and he's a he's a committed young guy and he's pretty determined to to get to that next level and be a an NHL player. And, and like you said, with the five goals yesterday, you saw his, his shot, how Lifa was cool. even on the, the winning one in the, in the final, right. He gets, he gets some space in the offensive zone. He's going to find the back of the net. That's, that's why the Flyers picked them where they did. He's a, he's a pretty special player in, in that regard. And, um, you know it's nice to have him you know here now and developing i think it helped him in the american league to, to play against some bigger, stronger guys coming from from junior and his game's just going to continue to grow because he's like i said he's a, a good young young man and he works at it and, and wants to get better and, and, and be a top player in the league so it's uh, it's exciting to see his, his see his progress and, and continue to to watch it here and, and help him become a you know flyer here in the next little bit
0: yeah, he's going to be a fun guy to watch because that thing. A lot of times, you don't when you don't see the goalie move until it's the, the net is popping behind him. You go, oh, "That's a legit yeah. elite yeah. shot." Yeah. That thing's For a sure. bomb. Um, let me ask you about uh, Morgan Frost because he just hasn't played a lot of hockey, Nick. I mean, since the the pause back in March of uh, 2020, he got into a game and a couple of shifts, unfortunately, because he got hurt when he got when he got into the lineup this past season. Uh, but he's a guy that's got tremendous skill set. He's put on a lot of muscle and has gotten a taste at the NHL level, so that can only help him learn what he needs to do in, in training and preparing. Uh, Would you see adam Morgan this past weekend in development camp? He really set up a lot of plays in that three on three
1: yeah, like you said he's he's a special player too and he's he's got that he's got that ability and the the most positive thing right now is that he is healthy and was able after having the the surgery to to work at it and, and put on some, you know, some muscle and some strength and, and that part of his, his game, but obviously his playmaking ability and his, his vision on the ice is, is pretty special. Right. So it's, um, it's nice to see him healthy and with a tough year last year, he you know he had a good camp and, and made the team uh, out of training camp. And just like you said, with, uh, with Coots going down, he had an opportunity, he didn't, didn't work out with the, with the injury, but he's, he's right there. And he was, he was making some, you know, some high end plays and just his vision, his, his ability to, to make those plays and, and create offenses is, is big and just have him working away from the puck and, and becoming a complete player is, is going to be good. But he's uh, but just, you know, he's someone the flyers. Look, he's got to step in there and, and push for a, uh, push for a spot. And he's really going to help elevate the team and, and make this team much better. If he can, if he can fill a spot down the middle on the Flyers.
0: The, you played D in the league uh, for so long and Igor Zamula got to cut his teeth and, and got his NHL debut last year as well. We saw a number of guys get their debut last season, uh, but he's a guy, uh, big body. And, you know, it's weird because there's there was a trend of smaller, speedy defensemen. And, and there's a place for that, obviously, with with great guys like Quinn Hughes and Kale McCarr around the league and and others with that offensive upside. But we've seen in, in the final four teams over the last decade that those teams have a lot of big bodies back on that blue line as well but in today's game you got to be a big body that can really move and he can do that big Z uh, Igor Zamula for you.
1: Yeah, for sure. He is uh he is a big body. He's got some good good size, some good height. He obviously has to get bigger and stronger, put on a little more weight, but he defends well. He's a smart smart player. Uh when he doesn't have the puck, he's in the right spots. He has a good stick. He knows where to be. He knows how to defend, which is which is hard like you said a forward coming down if you got a guy that, with that size to to get around his, his big stick and big body makes it makes it difficult. So I think he's got that aspect to his game where he knows where to be, he knows how to defend. If he can get a little bit bigger and stronger will help his help his games throughout help his game throughout the, you know, the rigors of a full full season at the professional level. And obviously when he has the puck, his poise, his patience and his vision is is great back there and he's he's moving the puck, he's making the right right plays and the right reads and stuff. So that goes a, goes a long way. It's the game's puck possession. and You want to, you know, work to get it back. But when you have it, we got to keep it and, and make plays. And he, he does, a, you know, an excellent job back there, you know, reading the ice and, and knowing where to where to move the puck and make the right, right decisions.
0: As a defenseman, of you know, that played in this league for a long time, it's got to give you some pleasure that when you get to playoff hockey, when it really matters, the D has got to be stingy, right? Every inch of the ice is contested. And you see that. Oh, you know, teams in the regular season that can win, you know, six to three, they often don't have time. You know, a long stay in the playoffs. It's those teams that can really defend. It's almost like you'd rather be a team that is 16th in the NHL in scoring, but number six in the NHL in goals allowed.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think so. Like we talked about, you got to be able to keep the puck in your net, right? And you got to, you know, it's a puck possession game, so you got to be. Be solid defensively right from your goaltender out, right? It's it starts there and it starts with the with the D helping out and the the forwards helping the D and everybody working as a as a five man unit, right? So I'm kind of being on the on the same page and comes down to competing and, and winning those battles, winning those one on one puck battles. And I mean it's yeah, it's important. You gotta be strong defensively, you get in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Like you said, the hockey hit changes or whatever, and they're all close one goal games and you gotta be able to to play well without the puck and capitalize on the power play on those on those opportunities um, when you have the puck so it's a it's a big part of the game i think we saw it with the flyers a couple of years ago how good they were defensively and where they were in the standings compared to the last season where defensively it didn't didn't go well right and they were kind of down in the lower part of the league goals against and, and everything so it's it's where that's a that's a big part of the game you got to have that foundation you got to have that that base uh defensively and and know where everyone is and, and win pucks back so you can uh you know kind of go on the offense so
0: you just said it. You said you got to know where everyone is. I've talked about this here on the podcast quite a bit, especially for defensemen because they're being attacked by forwards. You know, when they get pucks behind them, they have to turn Turner back to the play. You have it, consistency in partner is really important to have that chemistry. Uh, So You don't have to look where your partner is. You know where your partner is or you don't have to think where your partner is in this situation. You just know it instinctively. Hey, I'm in this situation. I'm coming up the strong side. I can drop it off behind the net. He's going to be back there or he's at the bottom of the circle in this situation. I know where to throw it. Uh, All that change in partners last year for the Flyers um, obviously is not a recipe for success having the guys that they added this off season, like Ryan Ellis to play alongside Ivan Provorov, Rasmus to play along with Travis Sanheim and an experienced Keith Yandel. uh, That's got to help to have that chemistry and consistency, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, for sure. I think you look at the blue line, the additions that they made, it's, it's only going to help. And the veteran guys that they brought in that have played on, on good teams and, and Rasmus wasn't on a great team in Buffalo, but he's a big, strong guy. And I think coming here to a more stable environment, you're only gonna see his his game continue to grow and and play hard. And like you said, with Sandheim there, a good good partner for him and and Provi to have that that stable guy on his his right side that he had in, in Niskanen before. I think it's gonna gonna help his game and, and that third pair too with with Yandel, his experience that he had and the way Braun plays back there. And you got a couple of young guys pushing in Yorkie and Zamula only you know, adds to that um, competitiveness there, right? And, and keeping guys on their game and, and playing hard and playing the right way. Or if you have injuries, you got some. You have some depth, so it's uh, it's good and it's it's going to help the team for sure. I think right from you know all their four lines all the way down to the the D pairs and the goalies, it's a it's a pretty solid team with additions with you know the moves that Chuck's made this this summer and it's uh, it's exciting coming into the season. I think all the guys, the young guys coming in, pushing for spots or the vets that are there coming in. Everyone's excited to to be here and and the new look that the Flyers have coming this year. Yeah,
0: it's going to be such a different dynamic. Like It's a, a freshness to it with so much change. Last thing for you, Nick, uh, when you played in all those uh, NHL games through all those years, who's the one guy that when you when you saw at warm-ups, he was on the other side of the ice warming up? As a defenseman, you go, oh, i got to deal with this guy tonight. Just one of those guys that you go, man, he was always just a handful for, as a defender, whether it's a winger, a guy that could just get down the wall and try and beaching and go harder than that, whatever it was, who's one of those guys that sticks out that you knew that on that night, well, you were going to have to have your A game to control them.
1: Yeah. The majority of my, my career, I played out, out West. So being in, in Minnesota and stuff, we played a ton against Calgary with Jerome again, who played a Oof. big, big heavy game and and he could fight and he could hit and he could score and he could kind of do it all. And he was, he was, you know, it was, it was tough. We had a lot of battles with, with him and against Calgary uh, being in that division. Um, and then Colorado, just some some really solid teams. Peter Forsberg, same thing. Another the skilled guys that have that edge that that play hard and are physical and can score and kind of beat you in all different different aspects are, are tough to to play against. So probably Forsberg and are like two of the the toughest guys that just played a played a hard game and could beat you in many different different ways. Could beat you up. Could do kind of a little of little of everything, right? So you know, they had a taste of Peter here and stuff. But it's too bad with his his injuries but two special players that just, you know, played the game hard, played at the played it the right way and had a little uh, little of everything.
0: Yeah, and had a ton of success the two of them because uh For both sure. of them are in the hockey hall of fame. Wow, two great names. And two guys that just were stronger than an ox too, right?
1: Yeah, tough to defend. You talk about play, yeah. playing defense and and just he had a little, you know, Jerome necessarily didn't have the the speed to beat you one on one, but he had that had that shot and he played hard and, and Peter just down low, just the puck possession has kind of taken off since he came in the league. Just, you know, hanging on to the puck and, and being so hard to to defend him. Right. So I think it's uh, yeah, just just two really terrific players and really, really tough to defend those guys.
0: Yeah. Did you ever get Forsberg the reverse hit when he's trying yeah. to protect the puck and he jacks you? <laughs> yeah,
1: that's yeah. a tough many one to times, take. Many times. Yeah. So, oh. no, it's not fun.
0: Yeah, I bet it, you don't think you're gonna get hit, and then he reverses on you with his back to you. That's 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 now now I guess called the Forsberg, but uh yeah, that exactly. And, and the great shootout goal that he had uh, playing for his country, Nick. This was a lot of fun, man. I really appreciate. It. Great to catch up, and uh, best of luck this season uh, with the development role with the Flyers. And I know that you're an asset to that team and and the development of these young players. So thanks for doing this. Uh, enjoy the season with your son and and your kids and. Hopefully everything gets back to normal. I hope your family's safe and we appreciate it.
1: For sure. Absolutely. Anytime. Thanks for having me on.
0: Thanks to Nick Schultz for joining us on this episode of Flyers Daily. Hope everybody's having a safe holiday weekend. And we'll be back on Wednesday with another brand new episode of Flyers Daily. Have a great holiday and we'll talk to you Wednesday. I
2: want to love you and treat you right. I want to love you every day.